Welcome to the Liberty Experts Podcast, where all your liberty questions are answered, discussed, and debated by experts. Now, here are your liberty experts, Tim Moen and David Birnbaum. Hey, Tim. How's it going? Hey, David. It's going pretty good. It's going pretty good. You know, can't complain. It's uh, the days are getting shorter. I'll say that. You know, it's uh, we're we're heading into that uh, winter darkness and coldness. And did you uh, bury uh, all of your acorns in the appropriate position uh, so you know uh, over the winter? Yeah. No. No, I didn't do that. I didn't prepare. I'm screwed. If uh, the COVID apocalypse strikes, I've seen some squirrels kind of like warring. I think they're like trying to get each other's nuts and stuff before the. Winter. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Um, so today I wanted to tell you a bit about a business I'm starting um, and get your thoughts and, and see if maybe you'll be a guinea pig client of mine. Um, okay. So the, the business is called David's Mindfulness Training. Um, mm. and so it's DMT for short. Um, interesting. <laughs> and uh, there's reasons. The branding reason is because I think like it's basically about expanding your mind and I want to be able to play into like the memes and stuff. Like this is your mind. Right. This is your mind on DMT. David's yeah, mind yeah. on screen and, and stuff like that. So I thought it was a kind of good name, but you know, we've talked uh, a bit in the past about like my, you know, I've been pretty into the meditation and Buddhist stuff and I see value in it, but it very much seems to me to be explained in a way that isn't actually applicable to most people's lives. Right. So it's, you know, meditate for an hour a day, kind of take yourself out of life. And even the like principles of Buddhism that even if people don't buy into it, that this is based on is like the ideal life is one of like, you know, contentment, not enjoyment, like, you know, avoid of su- uh, you know, avoid suffering, kind of pull yourself out of life. Right. Like that's what a lot of it's based on. And so if you pull yourself out of life enough through meditation, through mindfulness, then you can live an OK life. Um, and, you know. I've been very much trying to, as I've been re-engaging in the world, apply those principles, but at a higher speed, right? I want to run a company. I want to run podcasts. I want to be very engaged in life and still be mindful. And it's a totally different tool set. It's very difficult to apply these principles at this kind of high speed. And so as I've been learning to do it for myself, I want to try and help other people do that as well. And so the reason I'm calling it David's Mindfulness Training is because I'm, this is what brought it up. You mentioned in, an, in another episode about how like therapy, it's sort of like having a gym buddy or something like that. And so this is like, I want to be someone's mindfulness coach, the same way you could hire a fitness coach. So it's someone to keep you accountable for your mindfulness and to help guide, kind of guide you through, um, but not in a, um, in a, let's call it like foo-foo compassionate manner. Not in a, oh, like we all need to do this together and it's like good for you. Let me hold your hand through it in a way that's much more, let's call it masculine. Hey, Tim, you and I agree that you need to get control of your mind. We agree that your mind's in your control. And the only reason you're not succeeding right now is because you're not strong enough to do it. The same way you're being a little bitch, Tim. Yeah, you're being a little bitch about your mindfulness. (laughs) Each the tone has to be dependent on who it is, but you know. The same right. way that you're not meeting your fitness goals is because you're not putting in the effort. And that's just accept that fact and deal with it or not, right? right? And, and the, there's a couple of key reasons why I think this approach is really valuable is because one, there's a lot of stuff that you can do in your day-to-day life 
that kind of makes you more mindful. But mindfulness is just being engaged. It's right. So the flow state is a mindful state, right? When you're super engaged and nothing's on your mind other than what you're working on, that's mindfulness. But that's not the baseline people associate with mindfulness. That's the baseline I want to build from, right? So when I think of my ideal mindful uh, person, it's Michael Jordan playing basketball. He's mindful on that court. And he's the type of person we need to figure out. How does he become mindful? What are the tools and how do we get you into that state? And so it's about like building in simple tools and simple mechanisms to start that mental process changing. And also it connects to, you know, I talked about the mind body thing in an earlier episode and how Buddhism, it's about getting you into your body, but from like a place where you're sitting and meditating, right? Whereas I think many men for reasons, you know, I'm not going to get into it's a, a more, it's a bigger thing. Their experience of being in their body is when they're engaged, when they're playing a sport, when they're fighting fires, when they're defending their tribe, right? That's when yeah. you're in your body, totally mindful what's going on. I need to be aware of every inch of myself. And so it's like this, it's this like accelerated baseline, let's call it, that we need to work up to using the same principles of Buddhism, but applied in a different manner. And so that's kind of the framework. I'm interested in your, in your thoughts on, on, on all of this. Yeah, well, I think it's interesting. I think, uh, yeah, that there does need to be a more masculine approach. I, I remember when I was uh, in grad school, you know, there was so much abstract talk and so much talk about in, in my inner world and, you know, like group sessions where we're, we're trying to pick apart our psyche and, and determine what our strengths and weaknesses are and different things like that. And I just felt like a growing frustration and almost rage in my body from all this, like just sitting there and chatting. Right. And I needed to go to the gym and lift heavy shit. And I felt such relief after doing that, like just focusing on the weight and struggling under it and, and, you know, exhausting my body that way and you know the rage and frustration kind of left and let let me get back to uh kind of engaging in in that more you know, i mean it was it was there was a lot of females in my group right so it was all that feminine energy that was just um very frenetic and disconnected and and kind of all over the place and feelings here and feelings there and not a, like you know as much coherence and logic as I, my masculine brain wanted right so i had to go find that myself so um yeah i think something geared towards men would be uh fantastic because you know we can you know, one thing I've noticed that females are really good at, and this is growing, you know, being father of two girls and, and having a wife and listening to them talk versus listening to us guys and the family talk, very different. And sometimes I'm kind of jealous of how connected the girls are to their inner world and their feelings all the time, right? And, mm. you know, my wife notices when something's up with me before I even notice something's up with me. And she's like just really good at tuning into feelings and, and women seem to do this better. I mean, that's what they're talk about all the time. Right. And so I, I could definitely benefit from observing that because how I show up in the world uh, has a huge influence on others. Right. And we talked in a previous episode about how I show up to work and like what kind of mood I'm in and that sort of thing. Well, you know, I've, I've gotten feedback from subordinates and other people at work where 
they've said they're they've been super intimidated by me and and I'm like what really intimidated by me like what I don't I, I did not don't want I, I don't feel like I'm trying to inti- I feel like I'm a supportive like yeah. helpful boss kind of thing that that gives you the tools and and takes one for the team and leads from the front and and you know I would never want to you know but yet just based on how I was showing up not being aware that I've got kind of got this stern attitude on or that and it's usually because my mind is not present yeah it's thinking about a thousand things uh because I find this boring this moment so boring uh right and it's difficult for me to stay in this moment that you know, cause I'm thinking about 10 arguments I'm having on Facebook or like a project I'm working on. And this guy's telling me about his day and I'm kind of just not there. Right. Right. And I've kind of, you know, and, and they interpret that as they're being intimidated by it. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think having some tools to, to stay present, uh, would be helpful. Yeah. And, and I think like the, the reason I find it so fascinating and, and important is because like for two years, basically I, I, basically treated myself like a woman, right? Like we've, we've talked about my issues with gender identity and stuff. And like, I very much dove into that. I learned from Elizabeth Gilbert. I read about Buddhism. I, it was all very much in a different framework than I was used to, but I was so desperate that I just like dove full hog into it. And now that I'm trying to actually like learn what I want to do with my life generally there, I find like those tools help, but they're not helping anymore. They're not applicable to me in my life now. And so how do I like kind of translate those? And, and mm. the same issue even pervades the method, right? It's like the meta approach is because it's all about, oh, be gentle with yourself, be kind, right? And it's like, no, but there's something to be said as well as get your shit together, right? You want right. something out of life, get your shit together and achieve it, right? No yeah. matter what. And, and that approach is totally not the approach I see in psychology generally, in me- the mindfulness like realm in particular, but I think there's a lot of value in like, no, I'm committing to something and however long it takes, I'm not going to beat myself up when I slip. Right. If I, and, and I, again, I really think athletics is a good kind of analogy of no, they push themselves. And if they mess up, that's okay. Like, but they're not going to like coddle themselves about it. No, I didn't achieve that my goal and I better like work harder then. And so it's like this entire approach is different, but it's, again, it's about, I basically view it as like a spectrum, right? So they go like up to their emotions and to being aware of themselves. And it's like, okay, how do we learn to come kind of like down into that? But all of the lessons I learn, all of the women I talk to, they try and explain it to me in a way that doesn't compute almost, right? Like, and it's just frustrating them. They say I should be able to do this thing. They say this mindfulness up the emotions, it's, it's good, but it's frustrating because it like, it just, it's not there. That, that connection isn't there for me, let's say. Yeah. 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 And I, I would imagine that, um, you know, that, that this type of business would be helpful for, um, the guys that have kind of been trained by let's for, for lack of a better word, let's say the matriarchy to be the, uh, nice guy, right? The, the guy who is constantly, um, uh, sacrificing himself at the feet of womanhood and thinking that that's, um, 
his way to getting a mate and to getting success in life and everything else. And I'm thinking of the guy that's constantly friend zoned, right? Like uh, being super nice to the girl and the girl constantly going for the, right. the bad guy and him feeling frustrated by that, not knowing how to get out of that friend zone and constantly being stuck in that um, kind of beta male place or that f- feminine male place, let's say where they just can't find that gear to get going. I could imagine this being super helpful to a guy like that to be like, look, you, you've got to find, here's how you can find masculinity. Here's how you can balance these two. Like you, you have to be a, the nice guy, but you can't be a truly nice guy until you know how to kill someone, uh, until you have the, the capacity to do great evil, right? And until you build up that capacity, you can't be, actually be a truly nice guy because it's the suppression of that capacity or the, or the redirecting it towards good that, that makes you uh, a, a competent male. I don't know if I agree with that exact ending formulation. But I think <laughs> that, like basically one of the issues I think is, you know, in the past, however many years, 30, 40 years, we've identified how important it is to be emotional, how important it is to identify and feel the emotions. But where are we learning those lessons from? We're learning them from women who had a specific relationship with their emotions generally already. And so like many men have kind of left their masculinity behind and kind of adopted this approach. And it's like, no, how do we take a masculine baseline and and get into the emotion? But, you know, the way I think of it, that like that's a good idea in terms of the emotional aspect of it. But in terms of the mindfulness aspect, my ideal client is actually like, let's say a tech CEO, someone who's really engaged in their life. They're busy all of the time. They like what they're doing, but they still know they'd do it better if they were a bit more mindful. So it's like, how do we in 10 minutes a day, not meditating, not sitting and trying to calm your mind to zero, because that's going to be very difficult, especially to if you're someone who has 25 things going on all of the time, lots of business decisions, everything's being weighted in your mind because you're consistently creating, you're consistently working to then even for 10 minutes to try and meditate, to try and sit and meditate 10 minutes, impossible. It's not going to work. And so it's how do we in 10 minutes a day, what are the tools we can get to start calming your mind a little bit from hundred to 99, not hundred to zero, and then come up back to hundred. Cause that's what they teach you. Go sit and meditate, take your mind to zero and rebuild your life from there. Mm -hmm. It's not going to work for most people. So I'm starting to develop ways like and even fun stuff like fun games, fun ways in which you kind of snap your mind a bit and become a bit more mindful in the moment. And there's lots of different resources and tools. And so I want to be kind of like the guide that helps people understand how to do that, how to add a bit more mindfulness in their day. But again, it's not mindfulness in terms of um Buddhist meditation, it's mindfulness in terms of flow, in terms of being engaged in your life and being in the moment, whatever that moment is. Right, right. Almost like intense focus or something. Yeah. Yeah. And and so it's whenever you whenever you do something and you realize you didn't consciously decide to do it, that's a moment you could be adding mindfulness, right? Because a lot of people are just doing things all day and it's like, okay, how do we start to turn on that observer. We talked in an earlier episode about that third eye. How do we, how do we practice turning that on a little bit more? Right. But not, but at a high level, like while you're fully engaged in your life still. And that's, what's like a really interesting thing that I think uh, I'm going to try and help people understand and turn on. Cause I, that's what I'm doing now. And it's, 
it's it's tough. It's very yeah. difficult, actually. Hmm. Interesting. So, what what little tidbit could you give me right now to to well, uh, be mindful? Like, let's say uh, I, I leave this. Po- okay. I have, a, I have a fun one that people, I, I would really ask people to think about it before they dismiss it, but I don't want to give away all of my secrets. But right. the one that I, I thought of recently is every time you notice yourself on the toilet pooing, yeah. think, how did I get here? Did I feel hmm. the need to poo and then decide I'm going to go to the bathroom now? Or right. did I just end up on the bathroom, on the toilet? And that's a process where you can every time think, how did I get here? Did I kind of like black out and automatically get here because I had a bodily desert, a bodily urge I just followed? Or did I right. recognize the urge, think, okay, is now the appropriate time? Should I go and go? So that's like a, you know, yeah. a funny. Or, or, or did, did you get the bodily urge because you realize there's a whole bunch of work to be done and your body recognize that and you've trained your body now to, to use pooping as a distraction from doing work. <laughs> yeah, or, or it's also, yeah, like, okay. Cause some people it's like, okay, I know I'm about to do something and I won't be able to use the bathroom for four hours. So think when you're a kid, right? Okay. Right. We're about, does, do you have to use the bathroom? Pay attention to your body right now, try and feel it. And sometimes you can go earlier than you thought because you're just really paying attention to it. Oh yeah. Okay. I could go now, but it's not such an urge that it's like overwhelming. And it's like the, the light goes off, right? The, right, right. the signal light. And so it's mm-hmm. like, that's, so I, and you know, sitting on the toilet is a very clear cut thing that you, how did I get here? Reflect on this moment. How, how, what was the process uh, of getting me here? And, and that's something that, you know, most people do. And it's, I, I think that's a good little teaser that like people can, uh, can think about. And that's the My- type of thing. Yeah. Mindful pooping. I like it. I yeah. like it. Or med- meditations on pooping. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So Tim, think about it and let me know if you're interested in being a guinea pig client. And if anyone watching is interested, I'm starting, I have, I have four clients already and uh, I'm going to be putting out free content as well about all of this stuff. And, and also kind of my, the- my, my psychological theories as to why this works and stuff. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to, to test it all out. Cause I've been kind of running this for the past six weeks, trying to add it into my own life. Um, right. and it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's an interesting experience for sure. Hmm. Okay. Well, I, I'm curious. Yeah. I'm definitely curious. Uh, you know, if you need a beta test subject, yeah, uh, give you feedback, I'm ha- happy to do that. Cool. And yeah, if people are interested right now, I think the best place to, uh, to to check out and follow it is on instagram it's at learn dmt at learn dmt, at learn DMT. okay DMT. i'm going to at learn dmt right now on instagram, instagram. there's no post that's get that's going to be the best place uh i'll make sure there's posts actually by the time this airs at learn dmt david's mindfulness uh, yeah david Boom. Just picked up the follower. best thing is every time Joe Rogan mentions DMT, I can thank him for the shout out. Uh-huh, How nice. great DMT is. Cool. Thanks, Tim. Thank you, David. And as always, people, thank, thanks, thanks, people. Thanks, everyone who's listening or watching. Subscribe on YouTube, your favorite podcasting app, and consider supporting us in this show at thelibertyexperts.com for bonus content, great conversations, and, uh, and more. Yeah.